0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I've got a new thing to talk to my little granddaughter about. I've got a granddaughter that's uh, three years old, um, if you if you met her you might think she was bossy she just has advanced leadership skills and uh one of her favorite things is i'm sitting in my recliner whenever she comes in the house when her and my daughter come to visit and the first thing she does is yell papa and runs over there and jumps in the recliner and nine times out of ten she's gonna grab my hand well next time she comes over we're gonna have something new to talk about because i got a band-aid on my finger Because yesterday, I, uh, well, I ain't going to give you the whole long story, but uh, I I replaced our kitchen sink that is kind of hard for me because Moses used that kitchen sink. And um, so my wife wanted a new sink, so what my wife wants, she gets. So I went to Home Depot and, and bought a gargantuan one. If it gets a little cloudy later and somebody wants to be baptized, we can do it in my kitchen sink and anyway so it's a stainless steel one and my wife she said do you think you can put that sink in i said how hard could it be (laughs) and so anyway nine hours later it it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad but anyway i got cut on my thumb because that stainless steel man it can get sharp underneath and like a dummy i was going to set it down and run my hand down it, slash my thumb open. I actually lost my thumb, but, you know, I just stuck it back on, put a Band-Aid on it. That's what cowboys do. And, but but when, my, when my granddaughter comes in, one of her favorite things is to, is to triage me like an like a army medical, va- uh, medical personnel. She grabs my hands because my hands are always tore up. I mean, cowboys' hands are just, you know, the bane of a cowboy's existence is microfiber. I don't know, my wife bought these microfiber dish towels. I can't get them off my hands. I'm like, they just stick like Velcro. And so anyway, my granddaughter, she'll come in and, and she'll she'll take my hand and she'll, you got a boo-boo, Papa? Yeah, I got a boo-boo. Is that, we'll go through it for like two and a half hours. So we'll have something new to talk about. But you know, cowboy's hands are, are just always tore up. And, and you know, they make these things called gloves. I ain't never used any, but kind of because I heard an old cowboy one time say, uh, never hire a man that rolls his own cigarettes or wears gloves because he'll have to take his gloves off to roll his own cigarette. And then once he gets done rolling a cigarette, he has to put his gloves back on. But by that time, he needs another cigarette. So he has to take his gloves off to roll his own cigarette and he won't ever get no work done. Well, I always wanted a cowboy job, so I just thought I'd be tough and... uh not wear any gloves but you know i've got rope burns i came back from uh our trip to missouri to help brand calves and it looked like i'd stuck my hands in a fire i had so many rope burns and i you know i got calluses uh, it's not too off or it's not uncommon for me to have a black nail or two because i don't i guess i don't have as good a hot ant, hand eye coordination or vocabulary skills obviously but you know, I, I can get within three feet of a barbed wire fence and cut my shirt open and my hand open. It just it's just something that I do. But uh, barbed wire cuts and the bane of my existence is uh mechanicking. I know some of you is mechanically minded. God bless you. Come out. <laughs> we got some stuff for you, because the height of mine and Ty's mechanicking skills is spent going and getting one wrench out of the uh, toolbox walking over there and it's not the right size so we go back and we put that one back and we grab another one that we are just as sure as all get out that that's the right size and we go back and it ain't the right size i don't know why we have metric and standard and i don't know where all of our half inch sockets go one day in the near future if we're still around 200 years from now, somebody's going to have to find a whole stash of half inch sockets. But anyway, I go over there and I get a wrench to go mechanic on something. And the first thing that happens whenever I think I got the right size and I don't because it's metric and I'm like close enough, close enough doesn't work with mechanic is I usually bust my knuckle open whenever the thing strips out. And then I get into advanced mechanic and, and I start hitting whatever I'm working on with the wrench. It usually works i mean not on that but you know for me it works for me it works probably the worst uh rope burn i ever got i was working on the rocker B ranch and anyway i won't make a i won't make a long story out of a short story but anyway i was having to go after these cows that you could hear them but you couldn't see them so i pulled down my rope and i'm loping through the brush and i had my long rope which that's not a 60 footer in texas that's just one that you ain't cut to tie on and, I, and i'm loping through the brush and you know, it's kind of brushy in spots but i'm i'm trying to look over here where the cat where i can hear those cattle and i'm trying to get in front of them and my rope my loop catches on a mesquite tree that has a branch about as big around as my pinky and it just jerks the loop out of my hand I still got the rope and I see it kind of start to pull tight around that and I thought ah it'll come off so I'm at a full lope through brush and I go like this to try to pop it off and that loop sucked down over that branch and I run 32 feet of rope through a tightly clenched hand and it looked like I had been branded with a running iron I mean it's it stood up about that high. It's pretty nasty Uh, You ever tried to wipe your butt with offhand? It's hard. It is hard. Had to do that for like nine months. Nine months. But isn't it the little things that cause us the most pain? Just those little things, man. You know, them big things is easy to deal with sometimes, you know. my, My house, I had a house on the ranch down in Texas. My dad called and he says, your house is on fire. I said, okay. What could i do about it right but you let me strip out a bolt and i'm gonna go left right it's those little things that get to us today we're going to talk about how to develop thick skin thick skin and why why would we need thick skin as christians here's why because you got to have thick skin to have a soft heart you got to have thick skin have soft a soft heart and you know there's these fellas that i know and you probably know them too and it ain't ain't limited to fellas but you know these people that are just hard-hearted well that's usually because they got thin skin see thin skin will result in a hard calloused heart but when you have thick skin you can let that heart remain soft like jesus has called us to be in matthew Chapter 5, verses 11, 12. Jesus talks about thick skin. He said, God's going to take real good uh, special care of those who are insulted, spit upon, and talked wrongly about because you ride for me. Now, I'm reading out of the Simplified Cowboy version. I'll, re- I'll, I'll say it out of the real Bible in a minute. God's going to take real special care of those who are insulted, spit upon, and talked wrongly about because you ride for me. Just smile and trot off because you're reward. You're, you're reward- somebody come talk for me. Your reward will be more than worth it in heaven. Now, the actual Bible says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And what he's saying here is, man, you've got to have some thick skin because people are going to come after you. People are going to say things that, that may or not may not be true. But don't let it get to your heart. And if you're not going to be able to let it get to your heart, you're going to have to have some thick skins, cowboys. But how do we do that from a biblical approach? We're going to talk about three ways to develop thick skin biblically. The first one... Is actually found in Ephesians four twenty six. Ephesians four twenty six. Paul says, "Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry." And it, you know, and, and your version might say, "And in your anger, do not sin." You know, no, no one ever said. Even the Bible says that it's okay to get mad. Now, if you get mad about every stinking thing, that, that may be a different story. But you know what? There, there's no way in the world that we can go through life without getting mad. So getting mad isn't a sin. It's what happens after we get mad that causes the sin. And we all know, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that, you know, oil plugs don't have a soul. And hopefully Jesus doesn't cold it against me for beating the tar out of it stripped off oil plug or something like that but you know just because you get mad don't use that as an excuse to do say or act any way you want to and man that is double tough it's okay to get mad but keep your composure at the same time keep your composure at the same time don't use that well you know I was mad It doesn't matter what else is going on. When you do that, when you get mad and you start cussing people out or throwing things or kicking the dog or or beating on your horse because you missed a loop, man, that's on you. That is on you, man. In your anger, do not sin. It's okay to get mad. It's not okay to throw a wall-eyed fit every time you get mad. Anger is never an excuse for justifying sin. And and, and man, I... (laughs) I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to me. I get all kinds of bent out of shape about something, then I say something I shouldn't. And you know what's harder than, uh, than controlling yourself when you're mad? Is having to do the walk of shame back and apologize. Later. Man, save yourself, the, save yourself that walk. Man, just do the right thing. we got to develop thick skin. Blame, self-justification, unforgiveness, Gossip. You know what old so-and-so did to me? He cut me off whenever I was trying to rope that calf. Man, you just sinned. You are telling somebody something about someone else so they'll have a negative reaction to it. Man, keep your mouth closed. Keep your mouth shut. It ain't no big deal. There's going to be another calf. There's going to be another calf. Blame, self-justification, unforgiveness, gossip, and grudges are all signs that you've let the sun go down on your anger. And when you do that, man, you're just kicking the door wide open for that old devil just to waltz in and start creating havoc in your life. And you need to develop—we, not you—I'm included in the "you." We need to develop a thick skin. No, we ain't always gonna be happy, and you know nobody likes those people either. You know, da 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 da. Shut up. You know, I mean. Especially when you're having a bad day, right? But, but just, it's okay to get mad. It, it is absolutely okay to get mad. Just don't sin whenever you do. In your anger, do not sin. The second way that we can develop a thick skin biblically is to be tough enough to square off. That's what I call it. Be tough enough to square off. In Matthew 18:15, says, If a cowboy that works for me does something to you that is against one of my rules, not yours, be a man and go talk to him about it. Let it just be between the two of you. Don't go round up all your buddies and tell them what you're doing. If he listens to y'all, y'all will be able to ride together again. Now, now you're, you're, that was Simplified Cowboy Version, but your Bible basically says this. It says if your brother offends you, go to that brother in private and talk to him. Man to man, let, let, let's, let's go talk. Let's get this worked out. Don't go tell everybody else about it. Don't go spread gossip or anything like that. And, and I'm guilty, guys. I, I've done ever stinking one of these things. This ain't for y'all, man. This is for me. Ty talked about, a, you know, that's when his ministry started. You know what a ministry is? A ministry is a public display of a private faith. I've never preached a sermon to y'all. I only pass along what God's been stepping on my toes about. If your brother offends you, Go to your brother in private and talk to him, man to man. You know, the Bible says go to your brother in private that has sinned against you. Not peed in your post-toasties, okay? There's a difference, you know. If your brother offends you, listen, being offended doesn't make you right. (laughs) I think this whole country needs to learn that one, not just me. Being offended does not make you right. It says if your brother sins against you, if he hasn't sinned against you, then it's your problem, not his. So you can't, you know, a lot of people, well, I went to him because he offended me because I didn't like the shirt he wore. Yeah, shut up, sissy boy. Grow up. The purpose of this verse, if you noticed, the reason Jesus says this is for reconciliation. That is the goal. Now, Matthew 18, 15 through 19, I just told you verse 15, it goes on. It says, if your brother sins against you, go to that brother in private, man, and talk to him. and Say, man, I want us to be close again. I want us to come back together. You know, I want it like it used to be. And if he don't listen, then go get a trusted guy. And don't don't tell him everything. Don't set him up like an eyewitness at a a trial or something. Just say, hey, man, I need to go talk to this fellow. Will you go with me just so that there's no he said, she said? And that fellow's going to say, what happened? You say, you'll find out when we get there. So take somebody else over there and say, hey, man, we got a problem here. And my goal is reconciliation. Not to point out who's right and who's wrong. The goal is reconciliation. And if you're going, if you're using this, Matthew 18, 15 through 19, and your goal is something else besides that, you're the one with the problem. Keep it between the two of you. Keep it between the two of you. If somebody offends you, man, you want to learn how to th- grow thick skin? You know what? I'd say that 95% of the problems in this world could be solved if we did this one thing. One thing. Just go talk to somebody, man. You know, and, and, and maybe, they don't, maybe they don't sin against you. But, you know, there, there's been times with me and Ty and Mitch and... Daniel and Stephen and Andy and Mike and everything like hey man, what did you mean by that? Cause I took it like this. Oh man, I'm sorry, I, that's the last thing I meant. You know? A- instead of just letting that thing just grow inside of you and grow inside of you and then you get angry and then you start self-justifying your actions and stuff like that, man. Man, as Christians we gotta have thick skin. Thick skin on our back, thick skins over our hearts, and thick skins on the soles of our feet. To walk the way God wants us to walk and last thing if you want to develop thick skin in a biblical approach is don't take stuff personal don't take stuff personal in John 15 20 Jesus says since they persecuted me they're going to persecute you man being a Christian doesn't exempt you from people treating you like dirt as a matter of fact it opens the door wide open you know, for, for people, well, I think that Christianity stuff is stupid. Okay. And you're stupid for following it. Okay. Well, you're laughing now. I'll be laughing for eternity, so, you know, whatever, buddy. Dude, you you got to do what you, you got to do. But the world we live in is basically a wormy gold hole. Seriously. Man, it, 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 this is a tough old world. This is not heaven. This is the training ground, man. This is the battleground. And I think that too often we come to Christ thinking that he's going to create heaven on earth. Man, he ain't. He told us a long time ago, he said, man, if I was perfect, and Jesus was, he's the only man that ever lived that was perfect. If I was perfect and they nailed me to a tree because of it, then what are you whining about when somebody comes and says something ugly to you? Man, it's just the way it is. It don't make it any easier, I know. But, you know, in a way, I I think if Jesus was alive, he'd use the suck up, suck it up, buttercup. You know, they did it to him, and we ain't better than him. He was perfect. you can't be better than perfect. And we're far below that. Don't take stuff personally. People are going to be mean, nasty, hurtful, and ugly. Just like you've been before, right? Isn't it funny how... It's okay if we do it, but if somebody else does it to us, it's like, oh, it's a whole different story. Man, give somebody grace and mercy because you know what? In that time, if you happen to twist off and, and, and lose your mind for a minute, wouldn't you want somebody to maybe give you a little bit of grace and mercy? Well, Jesus says that you can't have something that you ain't give. So if you want somebody to show you grace and mercy, maybe next time you need to show them grace and mercy. Man, all of this is double tough. Double, double tough. When people hurt you and you keep yourself composed, be happy. Want to know why? Because you're being Christ-like. Because I guarantee you, there is a very, 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 very... Somebody else take over. Very, very... Slim chance that you are going to be nailed to a cross and lifted up until you is dead. But Jesus was. And while they are nailing... Nails through his hands and his feet. What did he say? <clears throat> Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Whew. Man, that's a, that's a big example for us to give. Or a big example for us to follow. <clears throat> we are to share in his suffering and love people even when they don't love us. Y'all have heard me say it before, man. Jesus comes right out and says that you, ain't, you don't get no credit in your coffer in heaven for loving people that love you back. The only credit you get in heaven is loving those that don't love you back. That's what he did. He said, I hadn't come to call the righteous but sinners. He didn't come down here for for those that were, were doing all right. He came down here to save those that wasn't doing all right. He came to save those that was nailing him to a tree, that was pushing a crown of thorns onto his head and skewering him all over the place. He was beaten, unrecognizable. He came to save those folks. And we get a little twisted because something is said or something. Man, we, I, I'll try to lead the way. I'll try to lead the way, but I'd rather not lead you. I'd rather you just come alongside of me and let's just all go do this together. Let's just all grow thick skin. Not so that we can become callous to the world, but so that we can protect our hearts. So that we can have a soft heart. Because a hard heart, man, you, you can't see God with a hard heart. You can't love people with a hard heart, but you can with some thick skin. And the man with the thickest skin ever, was his name was Jesus Christ, and he came and gave us the example to live by. You know, nearly everything negative folks do is a result of who they are, not what you are. And that don't make it any easier. It don't make it a bit easier. <laughs> Me and Ty, oh, Mitch, too, <laughs> we like to joke that no good deed goes unpunished, Right? No good deed goes unpunished down here or unrewarded up there. What are we living for? We living for fame and glory down here? Are we building up our account in heaven by having a thick skin to be able to love people even whenever they don't love us back? Amen. Come on in, cowboy. There's a truck that was driving by if you're listening on the radio. Uh... I forgot what I was going to say. So y'all just start, just man up. How about that? Y'all just man up. It's tough, guys. I know. I know. And you know, I, I thought about including this in my notes and I didn't, but, but I, I think God's leading me to say it now is, you know, th- these are ways to handle it when it's happening. But how do you handle it afterwards? Sp- and, and I'm only talking about fellow believers. You, you can't get mad. At, a, at somebody that doesn't follow Christ for acting that way because they don't know Christ, right? But if it's a fellow believer, how do you know? Because there's two biblical ways to handle conflict, you know, after it's said and done. It's either give them grace and mercy or hold them accountable. And I, and I hate that hold people accountable stuff because I think that's been way, way abused, way abused. Because I kind of follow that line of, let me get the log out of my own eye before I worry about the speck in yours. But I got to thinking about that. How do you deal with it? How do you know when to hold somebody accountable for their actions? And how do you know when to give them grace and mercy? I wish I had me a burning bush crystal ball that would just tell me. But I don't. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit talked to me when I prayed about it. And he said, you know what, this isn't a, a blanket deal. It's just kind of a starting point. If you're wondering whether to give somebody grace and mercy or hold them accountable, which one would be tougher? Man, if you want to go tick, kick his teeth in, it may be time to give grace and mercy. But if you've just been blowing stuff off like, yeah, you know, uh, 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 it'll be okay. Man, it may be an indication that you need to go talk to them and say, hey, man, this ain't, ain't none of us supposed to act like. But remember, if you're going to go point out the sin in somebody else, Jesus never called nobody to come point out a sin in somebody else's life. He's never led anybody to do that without also leading them to take that person under their wing and do everything they can to help them. Well, so-and-so's an alcoholic. I'm going to go tell him that he's unbiblical. I'm going to hold him accountable. And you better make the spare bedroom available, clear out all the alcohol in your house, and you bring him in there until he's able to stand on his own two feet. And if you ain't willing to do that, keep ye mouth shut. King James Version. Keep ye mouth shut. Sometimes we do need to hold people accountable. I'm not very good at it, to be honest with you. I'm not very good at it. Because I, if I'm gonna get in trouble in heaven, I'd sure enough rather God come up to me and say, listen, Kevin, you know, that old fella, you, you probably should have held him accountable, but you just gave him grace and mercy a little too often. I would a lot rather Jesus say that to me and say, you made a mistake by giving too much grace and mercy than for God to get on me and say, you know what? You held him to a higher standard than you hold yourself. And by holding you accountable, you run him off. So do the best you can, guys. I, listen to God. the it, 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 Living this life is double tough. But if you are sitting here right now, if you are watching right now, if you're listening to it on a podcast or the radio or the 900 different ways you can hear our messages and listen to our clinics, if you're hearing this, God is calling you to be that tough. And I'm here to say that every one of you, I'm here to walk beside you while you do it. And I'll give you a leg up when you need it. And I'd appreciate it if you did the same for me.